and welcome to Biswell. It's Melissa Botello, and I'm super excited today. My special guest here is Jackie Venencia, another Italian like me. I always have to throw that in there whenever I'm interviewing Italians. Jackie is an attorney, and she's a litigation and trial lawyer. She specializes in business disputes, real estate, land use, and development. The topic we're going to talk about, not one of her specialties so much, but just very interesting, is the gender gap in pay. So exciting episode. Welcome, Jackie. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Tell us a little bit more about you. I'm sure I didn't pay justice to all your experience and knowledge. Thank you so much. No, I've been a lawyer in San Diego my whole career, the whole time. Uh, I'm a litigation and trial lawyer. And as a result of that, I kind of ended up with a niche practice as a an expert attorney. Mm. So whenever anybody has a dispute over attorney's fees um, in any kind of situation, I get involved in that and do expert witness work as well. So it kind of fades into the pay equality uh, and then I'm a woman in a man's profession. So. Yes, aren't we all, right? So I've, I've lived this issue yeah. quite a bit. Well, good. I can't wait to talk to you today. And under your tagline in your signatures, changing the culture one, attor one attorney at a time. Tell us about that. What does that mean? So in January, I switched uh, from a, a small boutique municipal land use real estate firm to a firm called Vance Law. Vance Law right now is all women. Oh. Uh, we are all uh, partnership level and everything in the firm is completely transparent. Oh my gosh. The purpose of the firm was to help create transparency so that everybody could know and work and create their own worth. Mm, I love it. That could be a whole other topic. It is, right? and it is. We could take that as a part <laughs> two another day. How do you bring transparency to any business, right? Right. Oh my gosh, I love that. So glad you mentioned that. So yeah, that that is what Vance Law is, uh, and so we. We're very uh, into equality for everyone. Right now, we're all women. We're not. We don't discriminate against men. Right. Uh, we just are a group of women who knew each other and so came together. I love that. That's. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about gender equality in terms of. And you said you mentioned you've got some experience. So maybe that's a good segue to talk about what's your personal experience or what professional experience have you had with this topic. So recently, somebody posted something that reminded me of my my own situation. I got out of law school and I married some initially. My first husband was in law school. Mm -hmm. He did not get a job right away, and I did. Mm. So within about three years of getting out of school and us both practicing, I was making 50% more than he was. And that was just the luck of the draw and how everything went and how I pushed my career forward. Within about three years of that, we were making the same amount. Really? Yes. So, and it wasn't because you had started before him. It was just sort of, you think, luck of the draw. Well, I think I, I got to that position where I was making more because I had started before him right. and I had gotten that position. To be perfectly honest, I got my first law job because Jacqueline Bonaccia submitted a resume to DeCarlo and D'Antoni. Mm. And that was the whole reason I did. I submitted that resume. And sure enough, John DeCarlo said, we, we need to uh, interview that. this. And I got the job. 
So I got a job right away. Okay. So within three years out, I was making more than he was. But then within three years of that, we were even. And then how soon after that did he jump over, right? Not very long. And it has to do with the pay gap. It has to do with society's views of what women will take and our own ability to seek and advocate for ourselves, which has been stunning. Absolutely. People who talk to me about this, and I have my own personal situations, someone I know, call her Melanie, and her her peer, Tony, they are doing the exact same job. She actually has more responsibility, more direct reports. And he's making about $30,000 more than her. And she's stuck. She doesn't know where to go and what to do. What do people do? How do you approach this subject? It seems so touchy. People don't want to talk about it. We don't even want to talk about each other's salary, right? Let alone. What you're saying, talking about each other's salary, that is a convention mm. that was born of, and I've been a partner in a firm and not wanting right. people to ask me for more money. So I understand it from that position as well. But that is a way to prevent people, especially women who don't advocate for themselves or, or seek their own uh, work, to keep people from doing that. Right. If you don't know, there was a particular time when I worked at a large national firm where an associate, we were both associates at the time, uh, he was making, I take that back. I was a, a non-equity partner, and he was an associate, and he was making more money. Mm. And so in most cases, I mean, we weren't supposed to discuss that. Right. We were. I wasn't supposed to know what he made. He wasn't supposed to know what I made. But you knew. And we knew. And, you know, in some cases, potentially, you risk termination for having those kinds of discussions, which is where the, the law is trying to catch up, because those kinds of norms right. just perpetuate. Exactly. Are there any laws right now to protect people or to help them navigate this or no? Well, the Equal Pay Act was signed 55 years ago, right? So the next thing to do is to enforce it, is to address these norms and enforce the laws as, as they exist. Um, one of the things that you and I discussed before we started was there was a case mm -hmm. uh, recently out of the Ninth Circuit that said uh, employers may no longer use historical wage data in setting wages for new hires. That in itself did perpetuate the wage gap because women were coming in mm -hmm having made less, less at their prior job. Right. The point is that if you set a new hire salary based on how low you can get her to take, which is what employers do. I understand that. I was an employer. You want to get as much bang for your buck as you can. That unfortunately perpetuates the wage gap. So basically what that meant was that as an employer, you couldn't ask for historical wage information during the interview process. Although it's on applications, right? And I've always wondered, do you need to be completely truthful or could you put a range? Because I think on applications or even now when you go online to apply, it asks your previous employer what the salary was or salary range. And I've been in the same place for seven years, so maybe I'm mistaken, but it feels like that's still being asked. It may still be being asked. Unfortunately, the case that we're talking about was recently vacated right. for reasons unrelated uh, to the case itself. That It was a procedural glitch. Unfortunately, the judge who wrote the opinion passed away between the time he authored the opinion and the time it was published by the clerk. So unfortunate. And so it'll come back around, and we'll see what, what happens on the next round of that, of that same case. However, we are getting to the point where employers are realizing that people are talking mm -hmm. and that they cannot prevent people from talking and comparing wages. 
So they can't, legally they can't prevent it? It, it would be very sticky. I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there, um, including law firms, and I'll tell you the truth, law firms are the worst at, at these kinds of things, uh, trying to prevent people from discussing. Mm -hmm. I think that if you get in a situation where you leave yourself open as an employer to a lawsuit that if you have this policy of you are not allowed to talk about your wages with anybody else and if you do you could be terminated you're going to be in a hard position right interesting so there's two paths i see it's women who are negotiating up front a brand new job and maybe you can speak to some tips on that and then the path you've been in a, in a place of employment like my friend melanie and she finds out her co-worker doing the same or less is making thirty thousand dollars more so what tips for each of those paths might you have for people listening? So I have another story. Okay. You. Yeah. I um, love stories. My daughter uh, graduated college in 2017. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And for graduation, I paid for a business coach package. Oh, very good. She had done internships. And so she had some things on her resume that, that made her look good. However, I wanted her to have the confidence going in and the script of how to say, I'm worth more than entry level. And it was interesting because, of course, she had been all through college where entry level is entry level. Right. You take what you get. And my even my husband was like, entry level is entry level. And she took the, the coaching and she negotiated $5,000 more. Good for her. Woohoo! And now she knows that negotiation works. Absolutely. She knows that she's worth more. She recently moved to her dream job. She's now working for Disney in their marketing How exciting. department in Manhattan. Okay. Uh, and loving it. So I would say business coaching. Number one, get a business coach to help you learn the negotiation skills. And if you can't afford a business coach, take a look on the internet because there are workshops. I can tell you that my firm is uh, sponsoring a workshop about knowing your self-worth and self-advocacy here in San Diego on April 11th. We'll put that in the show notes for anyone local who's listening, and then yes. people can follow up. It's about changing uh, the female mindset about your belief system. I love that. Statistics show that women will apply for a job that they are 90% qualified for. Right. Whereas men will apply for a job that they're 60% okay. qualified Okay. I was going to guess 50, so <laughs> yes. And I hear my friends all the time looking at things and saying, well, I have this and this and this in terms of qualifications, but I don't have that and that. Like, go for it. Just go for it. All they can say is no, right? You know, you cannot let that hold you back. And that also perpetuates that. Exactly. Well, these are two good tips. So negotiating workshop skills, looking on the internet for different negotiation skills and or business coach. I like those ideas. For your friend, I would say go in and ask. Really? Yeah, if you want to talk to a business coach about how to script that negotiation, that's mm -hmm. always a great idea. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it needs to be confronted. That's a difficult one. And as a leader myself, I've had people come in to me and talk to me about salary as well. So would you advise that going to their first level manager or going to the HR department to sort of explore that? Do you have any thoughts as to who to speak with first? That depends on the situation. Right. Who is the right person to talk to, whether it's your manager and say, hey, I just found this out. This is not okay with me. Right. Because your first level manager, if they realize mm -hmm. and they value you, Correct. because if they lose you, they have to replace you, mm -hmm. they'll make that better. And if you don't get satisfaction there, then you should go to the next level 
because if you do eventually, and I'm, I was, I'm sorry, I always think like a lawyer. I'm, Absolutely. I'm creating evidence. And, um, so you want to make sure that you follow all the steps. Absolutely. And I think it just, as a manager myself, I feel much better when my team comes to me. It feels like we have a relationship. They trust me. They want to talk to me versus sort of popping over my head right away. So giving me the chance to help them. So I think that's great advice going to your first level manager. It's a difficult discussion, you know, having to say so-and-so makes more more than me for the same job and it's a tough discussion as women we have to get comfortable having the tough discussions absolutely and do you find in your past experience that when speaking with women versus men directly did you find more support from one or the other or it's just about the same when having to approach this subject with either gender I think that men are more candid about it okay I had an associate at my prior firm who came in uh, to me as a partner because she wanted to ask for a raise and she came in to measure the climate. Mm. And I looked at her and I said, you need to turn around and leave. Develop how you want to do this and come in and ask me for a raise if you want to. Good for you. Either ask me for a raise or don't ask me for a raise. Right, don't tiptoe. Don't put your foot in. If you feel like you deserve a raise, come and tell me. Right. And I think that makes a good point. I've had people approach me the same way also, but tell me what you're doing, what value you're adding, what you're, where have you gone above and beyond, and then any comparisons. But, you know, just to say I need a raise is probably not a good approach, and you might, like, you know, step on some toes there. And, by the way, you're a good lawyer, so you know how to make an argument. Exactly. <laughs> so did she come back? She did. She did. And she got a raise. Good for her. Yeah. Well, that's what it takes. And good for you for helping her. So I think that'll step out in her mind, too. Again, when you're going for something, you've got to be all in and have your facts and be ready. Yes. Absolutely. So let's see what else we have here. So now we've talked about some of the facts and the gap and about some of the tips. I love this idea of a business coach negotiation script. That's so important. And then what about just asking for a renegotiation or you came in and you thought you were level set? Are those conversations you wait and have those in your annual cycle? Or can, is there a good timing for any of this? Does it matter? I think that there's bad timing, mm. depending, okay. depending on what's going on in your work situation. Um, if you're in a bad place and you might lose a major client or something and everybody's working really hard to do that, that may not be the best to renegotiate. Uh, I don't advocate waiting six months till your annual review. Okay. That seems Good. kind of far away. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're in a situation where something has happened, where your value to your employer mm -hmm. has increased, I wouldn't let that go stale. Right. It's, you know, what's out of sight, out of mind. And that was yesterday and they'll for, have forgotten about it. It's seizing that moment probably. Right. And you want to you wanna ride the highs and milk them for what they're worth because yeah. you are worth yes. If you rose to the occasion and have done that, especially if you've done that more than once, right? and you show, okay, I'm good to have around because when the rubber hits the road, I'm the person mm -hmm. who takes care of things. You need me because if I leave, that would be worse. Again, as having been an employer, I don't want to lose good employees. Exactly. It's hard to keep them, right? That's the whole yes. idea. If they're good, let's keep yes. keep good folks. And I mean, it's expensive, which is one thing. But just on a gut personal level, it's also such a hassle. Oh, I know. It is. And when things are good at work and you've got a solid team, anything is possible. But when things are not and you've got people that are not performing, it's just, yeah, it's heavyweight for sure. So, and I've lost good employees because in a mid-level firm that, you know, things like paralegals top out. Mm -hmm. And I encouraged um, one of my paralegals to move on. And to this day, I regret, regret that she left. Not 
encouraging her, but right. I'm just going oh, crazy. Can you recruit her back, bring her back? I can't. I can't afford her anymore. Oh. I'm sure she thanks you and remembers that that was the fork in the road where somebody encouraged her. Now look at she's making. No, she remains one of my good friends. Oh, so good. She, we are we're still very That's close. nice. I appreciate all the tips. Uh, before we close up and you can tell our listeners where to find you, tell me a little bit more about your workshop that's coming up in April. I'd love to maybe go and attend and maybe our listeners would too. Um, you absolutely should. It's April 11th. It's Ashford University. It is being run by, I believe, Skylar McCurin and I know Anne-Marie Hoftoon. Oh, Anne-Marie. Okay. It is being sponsored by Vance Law, mm. my law firm. And it is a workshop about knowing and understanding your worth and setting you on the right path for self-advocacy. Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. you're Melanie. How to craft that meeting script. I like it. Wow, that's excellent. And, and they can find that on the website at Ashford University or at your website? I would suggest looking at Advanced Law. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, it's B-A-N-S-T Law. Great. And where else can people find find you you want to give out any of your social media your linkedin if linkedin you can find me at jacqueline Vernaccia. there's just like five Vernaccias in the united states my <laughs> last name is really easy to locate i would love to uh, meet you and connect on linkedin there otherwise i'm advanced law nice thank you so much jackie i'm absolutely certain that some one person at least if we just help one person have some tools to help them negotiate their salary we've done our job i've done mine i'm excited thank well, you so much thank you i appreciate much. you joining today